is Tom. This is Randy. I'm the new Jason. And we're Mom's Rocket. And we'd like to thank you for listening to the Northwest Convergence Zone. This is Rain Stone on the Northwest Convergence Zone. Go big or go home. Coming to you from the heart of the Pacific Northwest, with mouths as big as the Columbia River, egos as tall as Mount Rainier, smooth as the drive from Vancouver, B.C. to Portland, Oregon, it's the Northwest Convergence Zone. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Northwest Convergence Zone show. Big D here with you. Always glad to be with you. Brand new week, and uh, man, we're he we are running headlong into our listener party. We want to thank all of you who listen in each week to the Northwest Convergence Zone show. We obviously couldn't do it without you, but we appreciate all the feedback we get, the emails, the messages on uh, Facebook, and hey, you guys, did you guys know we passed the 1,000 mark like uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we're still going strong. I thought that might be it. Like we topped out. People are actually still coming on and digging what we're doing and so we want to give back and but before we talk about that let's go around and introduce everybody big joe how's it going buddy it is going great uh glad to uh, be on the show still working my way back making the comeback uh oral roberts hit me with that hand and uh, i think he started to heal me so uh so greetings and salutations still from a remote location somewhere in pierce county <laughs> not the city of destiny <laughs> no no you're not you're not in the border of the t-town but you are close by you're in the 253 uh, yes, I am. Oh, this, very, is a, this is a free call. Very good. Well, and Joe will not be with us next week, and it has nothing to do with the back injury. You're going on vacation. I want to tell everybody that uh, we have a special guest host, and uh, I'll talk about that in a moment. So, Double D, how's it going, buddy? Great. I hope everybody had a uh, good Mother's Day and treated your mothers right. Yes. Did you treat your mom right? Yes. Very nice. Joe, how about your mom? Yes, I did. I... Uh, bought her a nice gift of VHS movies because the uh, DVDs are a little too complicated for mom, but she functioned well. She functions well with the VHF, VHS, but uh, it still is flashing 12 o'clock. Well, it was nice of her to upgrade from the beta. <laughs> All right, we want to thank uh, Squeeze and Wonder Boy, as always. Our sound guys couldn't do it without them. Uh, let's talk a moment about our listener party. It is coming up on Saturday, June 5th at the Stonegate. And that is located right down here on 56th and South Tacoma Way. And uh, we have four bands lined up. Midnight Salvage Company, Big Wheel Stunt Show, The Legends of Bigfoot, and Beat Seat. Those guys are all excited about playing, which is a bonus because they're going to come and they're going to lay it down for you. And we're all we're going to be there. we got tons of stuff to give away. We have CDs, T-shirts, uh, gift certificates to restaurants. And uh, the owner, Jeff Call, has a special drink for the night, The Zone. And so we want everybody to come down. Uh, and uh, it starts at 8, but I recommend you get there early. That's right. A fun time will be had by all. That's the double D guarantee. <laughs> yes. It's supposed to be standing room only. I think you're going to be backed around the corner with trying to get in. But Well, and we're also, for 
because the room upstairs only holds so many where the bands are playing. So the overflow will be downstairs where we're going to be broadcasting what's going on upstairs. So you're with not, video. Yeah, with video and sound. You're not going to miss out. And then as the crowd, you know, we'll try to move people around and get people up there. So everybody gets up in the big room at some point. But come early, bring your, bring some cash. I mean, our event is free. But you'll want some of Jeff's pizza. Order up that big, huge four-pound burger. See if you can shove it down your pie hole. The Angry yeah. Hawaiian Pizza, that's the best. Yeah, Very he has good. great drinks there. Check out the Rum Lounge. It's going to be fun. And over the next two weeks, we're going to have the uh, some of the members of the bands that are going to be performing. They're going to come back on the program, give us a little preview of what's, uh, what's coming up. So uh, everybody, mark that on your calendar. June 5th. Stonegate, 8 o'clock, Northwest Convergence Zone, first anniversary listener party, going to be a good time. All right, hey, uh, we have a big show lined up for you this week, and we're going to kick it off with a great guy. Double D and Wonder Boy and I met this guy at the uh, filming of A First Time for Everything, which is our boys over at Donkey Punch Films. He's a funny, funny guy. Ed Rubin, local comedian. We caught up with him. Here's how that sounded. All right, everybody. Our first guest on the show today is a very funny comedian. And this is a guy that uh, Double D and Wonder Boy and I saw while they were filming uh, a new independent film from our friends over at Donkey Punch and Third Eye Films. It's called A First Time for Everything. And the comedian's name is Ed Rubin. Ed, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's good to have you in here. And uh, tell us about how you got hooked up with uh, uh, a first time for everything before we get into your uh, your stand-up routines and everything I, I find that fascinating you were you played like a delivery boy yeah I was a I played a, a delivery guy um uh, how, how I got hooked up with it is uh, Lee Fleming, who over at Donkey Punch Films, he's he uh, was doing stand up when I first started, and uh, we met. So we've met like way back, and um, they they called me and they they uh, talked about he talked a little bit about it and possibly you know putting me in something, and, uh, and I, I just kind of said whatever you know, and uh, they asked me to come out and do their benefit show up for them to help raise money, and I went out and I uh, I performed that night, and I have a bit where uh, I do like an overreacting black guy, and they saw that and they loved it so much. <laughs> That they're like, we want to put that in our Wait film. Wait a minute. Let's get this straight. You're a white guy. Yes. And you do a bit about a black guy. About an overreacting black guy. Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, that's what makes it special. I mean, if a black guy does it, I mean, I mean, because they, they're the ones, you know, because they, they make fun of the white people. All the time. Yeah. So this is how white people drive their cars. <laughs> I've never met a white person that talks like that. No, I never, <laughs> no. Never, I never have either. And we've asked every comic, we, comic that we've had in here, we've asked them that very question about uh, how do you deal with that uh, um, you know, because it's kind of a no-no, that whole making fun of, you know, outside of, you know, making fun of dumb white guys. Yeah. It's kind of a no-no these days, but you tackle it head on. Yeah, see, it's, I think anything can be, I mean, it doesn't, looking at things like offensively, I don't, I don't personally find anything offensive myself, and I don't really think that other people should either. I mean, if you're funny, then it's going to be funny. It doesn't matter. You know, if you're, if you're able to laugh at yourself, I think that's the most beautiful thing. And I've done, you know, completely black rooms, and they've absolutely loved it. Like, uh, I did a show one time, and this, uh, all the comics were there, and I, I just killed it. And, and uh, the other comics, they did good and well. This, uh, this older black lady came up, and she goes, you were off the chain. <laughs> and then she looks over at the other comics, kind of outside, and goes, you was good, too. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting some love from the folks, huh? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, so Ed Rubin is our guest, and he's a stand-up comedian, and 
where did you did you grow up in the Northwest? You grew up around here? Yeah, I was uh, I was born in Portland, and then my parents moved uh, to Spanaway, which oh, was which sorry. was a beautiful place to raise a family, as we all know. <laughs> what what a step up from Portland. I know, right? Spanaway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, well, then they got smart and they moved up to Bonnie Lake, and so I I grew up in Bonnie Lake. Oh, good. So, uh, yeah, and then uh, Big Joe, you're in Bonnie yes. Lake. Yo, yeah, you're on Bonnie, Bonnie Lake? Lake. I live in Sumner now. Oh, right. One yeah. of the boys of Sumner. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey, Big Joe, um, you got any questions there? Yeah, I've got to ask Ed. I was looking at your schedule, and uh, you're a road warrior, but I see that you that you play a lot of Eagles halls, and uh, I'm an Eagle. In fact, I just renewed my dues the other day. So, uh, how's the reception down at the Eagles halls? Uh, it, it varies. Um, I mean, I've done. Uh, probably the best one I've done so far was the Grand Cooley Show, which was which was a drive and a half. Oh my God! But the crowd out there, like I was telling these guys earlier, was just absolutely amazing. There was like 110 people just packed into the hall, and like real small town, and like they had dressed up, like they were going out for the night. You know, like, this was, <laughs> it was a big this big, was a big night in Cooley. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was great, and they they just absolutely loved it. But um, and, you know, I've done other shows. It's like you, you walk into these little towns and then go to the Eagles Hall, and. Uh, I did one in, in Stevenson, and uh, that was also a drive. But uh, yeah. it, uh, as soon as I got there, I, I didn't think it was going to be so good because I had to like press a door or press a button on a door, and then they had to buzz me in like it was some secret agent stuff. <laughs> or you're at the Bunny Ranch. Yeah, or yeah, or you know, like like it's like it's 1920s and prohibitions, in, you know, in effect. What's the password, boy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, uh, I get up there, and they're like, "So uh, was Jeff Foxworthy going to be here tonight?" And I was like, "You paid ten dollars. You're not going to see Jeff." Fox Really for ten dollars, <laughs> you know, and then and then so I go upstairs and I'm like, so uh, you know, how's your sound system? And she's like, and the lady looks at me and she says, sound system, and I went, oh my god, you got to be fucking kidding me! And we had to do we had to do we had to do comedy out of their karaoke machine. Really? <laughs> yeah, we had to. Me and me and Roz, Ron Osborne, very funny comedian from Portland, we are uh, Vancouver. He, we had to do it out of a karaoke machine. For wow. Like, for like 20, right. 25 people. Did they ever accidentally hit like uh, Sweet Home Alabama? or something <laughs> no luckily <laughs> luckily no little michael jackson starts kicking in <laughs> that would have been awesome actually i would have i would have preferred that to telling jokes <laughs> so, so ed now so that show at grand coulee so you just uh, did the five-hour drive and did your show and got out of there you didn't stay for the uh, laser light show on the dam <laughs> no it was uh they told us about it and uh we didn't uh we we, we just wanted to get out of there because we knew it was a five-hour drive back so it was already going to be like two o'clock by the time we got home so we were just like no, nah, just, just now. I'm curious. Tell us about those drives, man. Now that a couple of comics or two or three, whatever, however many you have in the car with you, mm -hmm. you guys, uh, you guys, you know, solidify your gig. Hey, we're going out to you know Grand Coulee, yeah. or we're going to Moses Lake, or Freighter, or wherever. <laughs> and uh, you guys pile in the car. You know, you're doing a half hour show or an hour show. Yeah. You guys are rolling. What is, what's the road trip like? That's <laughs> what I'm curious about. Well, the Grand Coulee one was fun because again, it was Ron Osborne and. And uh, Keith Smith, the guy who who, uh, who books a lot of the stuff that I do, all the Eagles halls and stuff, um, we were all in the car together. And I don't know how it got started, but at some point, one of them was like, I farted right here. 
And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, I farted right there. And he like pointed out the window. And so then after that, for literally for the next two hours, all we were talking about was farts. Nothing but farts. And like, I don't know how or why. We just couldn't stop talking about farts. I mean, stuff like that happens. Like you share stories. And, you guys should have stopped and set up little road markers. <laughs> and farted here. Like the little crosses yeah, on the side exactly. of the road. Yeah, like a big brown pile there. You know, that's Ed was here. <laughs> so, uh, all right, well, let's look at a couple of shows or a few shows you have coming up. Uh, on May 14th, you're at Madison's Grill in Portland. Mm -hmm. On May 15th, you're going to turn around and come right back here to Tacoma at the 48th Street Bar and Grill, which is right down the street from us. Yep. May 26th, over to Afreda, <laughs> doing the Eagles Hall. Yep. And then June 4th. Papa's Pub in Kent. So you got some shows coming up, and I assume you update your site as you yeah. as you get stuff. So what got you into comedy, Ed? Um, I used to live in downtown Tacoma, uh, right on uh, 9th and Pacific, um, and uh, I worked at CI Shenanigans at the time. Excuse me. And uh, so I'd have nights off. I had nothing to do. I was right across the street from the Comedy Underground right there. Yeah. At what it used to be called Taboo at the time, before that Seven Cities. Um, so I, I would just go to the comedy shows every night, you know, because I had nothing better to do, you know, and, and no cable, no, no, didn't really know anyone in town. And uh, I, I went down there, and, and Jason Stewart, I don't know if you guys ever had a chance to see him or meet him. He's a really funny comic. Um, he, he was running the place, and he just kept seeing me, and he's like, I keep seeing you, I keep seeing you. So uh, what's the deal? Are you a comic? Are you an agent? What's going on? And I was like, no, just just guy who's bored. And he's like, well, have you ever thought about doing comedy? I said, well, you know, people said I should be a comic, but I have no idea what I'd say. And he said, well, just get some time together, and I'll throw you up on a on an open mic. And uh, so I did. And uh, it was uh, it was so many comics there that night that it was I was only supposed to do four minutes on stage. And so you'd get the light at three minutes. Well, I didn't even get to the three minute mark. I didn't even get to that light before I'd already run through all the jokes that I had written because <laughs> because uh, no one was laughing at anything. I was like, and all I could think is, why am I doing this to myself? And then finally, the very last joke I told got a huge laugh. And if, and that was like the best feeling I'd ever had in my entire life. Better than any drug, better than any sex at the time. And then, <laughs> and then uh, you know, and if it had not been for that one last big laugh, I probably would have never done it again. So it was... Like that, that one thing, right? right that was Locked the, you in. That was the, the defining moment right there, yeah. Joe? Uh, yeah, in that same direction, Ed. Uh, as someone that's uh, been established and you've went through that uh, whole beginning and working your way up, what's your advice to uh, the newcomers uh, that are thinking about maybe going to an open mic or, uh, or giving it a shot? Uh, what would you uh, have them uh, uh, do in getting their careers going? Uh, I think the most important thing uh, for anyone who wants to do stand-up comedy is just keep doing it. The more stage time you get, any, any experience can be a learning experience whether it's a good show, a bad show, if, you, if you're really passionate about it, if it's something you really want to do, just keep doing it and do it as often as you can. Because the more stage time you get, the more experience you get under your belt, the better you become. And that's pretty much, I mean, just like anything, it's practice makes perfect, and it's no different with comedy. Um, it's just that, and just keep constantly keep writing. Don't, don't ever be satisfied with your act. Always keep adding new stuff, keep changing, keep evolving, and, you know, and you know, add change stuff here. If, if you th something works, something doesn't, you know, just figure it out. And again, that's you figure that out all on the stage. Yeah, so, absolutely. Sound advice. So now you uh, joined the Air Force, I see. And uh, <laughs> yes, I did. Did, uh, did you do time? Did you do time? Do you do, do, do time? time. <laughs> well, I don't know. Your shirt, your <laughs> shirt does say, "I love crime." Yeah, <laughs> so, it does. <laughs> did you serve here? 
uh, at all, or did you travel around the country? Well, how, what, how'd that work for you? I, I joined the Air Force to to actually see the world, and I got sent to Texas and Missouri. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a skewed, yeah, skewed version yeah, of the it's world. A, right it's there. a good thing the Air Force doesn't have guns because there would have been one in my mouth. Uh, right. Were you at Lackland? <laughs> uh, what's, yeah, I, I was. I did a basic training at Lackland Air Force Base, and then um, and then my tech school was at. Uh, was in Wichita Falls in northern Texas at Shepard Air Force Base. And then my station was Whiteman Air Force Base in Missouri, where I worked on the stealth bomber. I was a bomb loader. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Which sucked. So did you write your name on the bombs and put little pictures? We, well, when we did start bombing Afghanistan, we, we would write stuff on the bombs. You know, like, I remember someone wrote, like, Jesus can kick Allah's ass and stuff. <laughs> And uh, we found out later that like some of the some of the bombs like I guess like weren't loaded weren't loaded correctly or they, they didn't go off somehow, and so the the guys on the ground when they'd find the bombs <laughs> they saw all the writing on it and they they got mad and they got offended by the things that were written on the bomb. They and could read English, huh? Apparently, <laughs> and like it became a news story for a little while, and so they were like, "Don't write anything bad on the bomb." But it's funny because the pilot it's like it's okay to kill the people, but don't yeah exactly don't, don't, don't offend them. Don't yeah. offend them, but you can kill them. Yeah, blow, blow, you can blow them up, but but just don't make them mad. Don't yeah. do that. Right. Uh, also, I see here that uh, you took four years off from comedy. Was yeah. there a reason for that? Yeah. Uh, when my daughter was born, I took four years off to help raise her because I knew I was I was pretty much right then when I when I stopped. I was at the point where I was going to start doing what I'm doing now is being on the road more often. Mm -hmm. And I knew I wasn't going to get a chance to see her as much. So I wanted her to know that, you know, because her, her mother and I um, aren't together. So she's got a boyfriend. And uh, I didn't I wanted her to know that I was her father and, and I wanted to take care of her and help raise her a little bit before I started hitting the road more so that. Very nice. So when I came home. She would call me daddy and, yes. not, and not someone else. You know? <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, our guest today is Ed Rubin, and he has a website. It's www.edrubincomedy.com. That's Ed, E-D, Rubin, R-U-B-I-N, comedy.com. And we'll have a link to it up on our website, as always. And, uh, Ed, I'm curious about your T-shirt. It says, you love crime. And we have a guy over here, Double D, <laughs> who is uh, is our main criminal oh, okay. and uh, has lots of run-ins with the law. Curious, what's the what's the shirt about? Uh, well, going back to the Air Force thing, uh, before, before I'd ever joined the Air Force, I had never drank. I had never done any drugs. I was very straight-laced, got pretty good grades. <laughs> and then I joined the Air Force. And it all went and downhill. Then, well, I mean, they sent me to Texas and Missouri. What the hell am I going to do? You know, there's, there's nothing else to do. Missouri, you can drink and date your cousin. And, you know, one, one leads to the other eventually. So yeah. I, I just, I, I was drinking a lot in Missouri and uh, I got a DUI. So I got kicked out of the Air Force for getting a DUI. And the funny thing is I had, uh, I had borrowed my friend's car for the weekend because he had left town. And uh, I'm getting in the car and I'm drunk as shit. I'm getting in the car. I'm real hungry. And I'm going to go down. I'm going to go down the highway because that's a good idea. Yes. To, to, to go get something to eat because it's already <laughs> off base at this party, and uh, you know you get you get that voice in the back of your head like you shouldn't drive. You've been drinking. You're drunk. Yeah, that, yeah. And then you think about it, you're like, well, you're drunk too. I can't listen to you. You've got poor judgment. <laughs> so, so I get in the car and I'm going down the highway, and I, it hits me. Well. I should turn on the cruise control. That's like one less thing to worry about. <laughs> well, my friend's got a little Honda Civic, so the cruise control's right there on the steering wheel. So I'm hitting what I think is the button, and uh, I can't, I can't hear it. I can't hear the, uh, or I can't see the thing going on. So uh, what I, I do is I, I finally turn on the dome light because um, this on there. 
Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I turned on the dome light because uh, he, he had a little Honda Civic and the, the music was blaring and stuff, so I couldn't couldn't hear anything except the music. Well, I, I'd been honking the horn for two miles down this stretch of highway. <laughs> I'm drunk. Everybody pay attention. Yeah, exactly. Cops, cops, I'm here, I'm here. Yeah. And uh, the, the cop uh, and the cop pulled me over literally like two blocks from where I was going. I was pissed. Always. Yeah, I could have literally like, taken off my shoe, thrown it, and hit the hit the place I was going. <laughs> so. so you have a nice little record there. Yeah, well, and then I got a DUI back when I came back to Washington because I'm so you, now you've knocked that off, haven't you? Yeah, I don't drink it. You're not either. coming back from like Grand Coulee or uh, <laughs> no, no. When I do, Fredo, when I do <laughs> we don't have to put up like a big sign on the highways. Ed Rubin's driving. Everybody, pull Ca over. Caution. <laughs> so it's understandable because all those places could make you drink. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, no, that's that's the thing too. Is uh, you know, like you go out there and they're like, oh man, you're great. You want to buy? You want to drink? You want to drink? And it's like, I gotta drive, man. You know. Right. So I don't I don't do that much anymore. I mean, if it's like uh, I think the only drunk driving I do now is if it's like two a.m. And I'm like, Jack in the Box is like two blocks away. So I'm like, eh. on the bike. Uh, well, no, because the drive through, you know, you can't. Yeah, that's true. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it's funny thing is the last time that I, I went through there, my, uh, I, my car actually ran out of gas at the drive-through window, <laughs> and they had to they had to come out of the window and push my car off the side, and then I had to walk my drunk ass down to the gas station and buy buy a little canister and some gas and walk back. <laughs> That's awesome, man. All right, well, our guest Ed Rubin, very funny comedian. I recommend everybody get out and check him out and see him. Like I said, he's got some upcoming shows uh, locally, right here in Tacoma on May 15th at the 48th Street Bar and grill and uh, if you're down in portland also on the 14th he's at madison's grill ed it's been great to have you in we can't wait to come out and see you do your thing yeah, and we really you appreciate you being here yeah, yeah thank great you talking to you ed sorry i had to uh do it remotely oh uh, no hope worries. To meet you. i hope hope your back's feeling better soon all right thanks all right i want to thank ed rubin for dropping by what you guys think of ed good guy huh yeah great guy yeah fun yeah, yeah funny guy nice guy uh stay uh Behind, from behind the wheel, be careful. Yeah, if Ed Rubin's driving, man, everybody back <laughs> off. Go real slow and get in another lane or something. So, <laughs> All right. Hey, it's time for birthdays. Now, with birthdays of the living, here's a Northwest Convergence Zone's own Prince of the Pinata, Big D. All right, birthdays of the living. If, if you don't know what this is, you got real problems, my friend. The man behind... Star Wars and many other great films, obviously, but we all know him from Star Wars. On the 14th of this fine month, George Lucas. And what a brilliant mind. I, I wouldn't mind having a bit of his coin in my pocket, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then. I'm, and I'm watching the scroll on the screen right yeah, now. Yeah, it's, it's saying, <laughs> uh, coming to you from the heart of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> With a cast of thousands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and a very few listeners. <laughs> uh, also on the 14th, my man, take me to the river. And uh, Psycho Killer and all the great tunes, man. Uh, David Byrne. It's his birthday on the 14th. And then, of course, we can't, we would be remiss if we didn't uh, say Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Little Stevie. Little Stevie on the 13th. Birthdays of the living. You see those guys walking around. Wish them happy birthday. Now, with birthdays from beyond, here's the Northwest Convergence Zone's answer to Art Bell, Big Joe. All right. Well, with the. Uh 
going to the beyond if you see any of these guys <laughs> then uh, maybe you got to shine and it shows early May 14th 1936 he would have been 73 years old the great Bobby Darren uh, talk about a great song interpreter uh, he belongs up there with Sinatra Bennett all those guys could uh, really deliver a master showman uh, went before his time and uh, he is Scarlet and on May 12, 1937, the hippy dippy weatherman, the great comic <laughs> master, uh, the guy that told us the seven words that you shouldn't say on radio, but on our show, but it's hey, no problem. We're not on radio. We can That's say right. all of them and do it twice. <laughs> George Carlin, 72 years old. Yes. Uh, and last but not least, on my day, May 11, 1904, uh, back in the day when I was a youngster and learning about art, always enjoyed the melting clocks. Uh, sometimes I enjoyed them a lot. Uh, Salvador Dali, 105. Yes. And those are birthdays from beyond. The melting clock, man. Uh, you know, I actually saw that the actual piece of that uh, it's it's hanging in it's either in the MoMA or uh, the the Museum of, uh, of History or whatever in New York City that print is about like three by three it's really super small right right and it's like how did he a how did he paint it and then how do they blow it up into these big posters I always thought it was like this big you know regular sized picture it's really tiny well since it's the Mother's Day show it is appropriate that you did see it in the MoMA Yes, exactly. Oh, See, and listen, you blew it because I was waiting for the end to give the big announcement that on the 11th is our own Big Joe's birthday. Yes, me and Salvador. Yes, so... Uh, crazy artist grow, and crazy Joe. Grow your mustache out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up on the show is a uh, is another you know, cool guest, big following around the Northwest. What a busy guy. I don't know how he had found time to come in here and be with us, really. Five bands this guy's in, and uh, he's uh, all over the place, traveling up and down I-5, playing with all these bands. Uh, guys, uh, you know, a lot of people are digging his music and digging his stuff. We're sure one of them. The dude's name is Rainstone, and he dropped in, and here's how that sounded. All right, everybody, guest on the big program today is a very versatile and talented guy. <clears throat> Didn't realize he was here in the South Sound, close to us. That was a nice surprise to find out. Been following this guy for a while. I know he has a lot of fans out there. We're pleased to have him on the show. Rain Stone. Rain, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Great. Doing fantastic. Great. Now, Rain, five bands, my man. <laughs> You're in five freaking <laughs> bands. Tell us the names of all those bands that you, that you got going. When do you have free time? <laughs> What, what what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Name of your bands. Um, my original band is Rainstone and the Dead Roots Revival, and then I'm also in a local Seattle band called Clover Jane. We're actually from Snohomish, but I'm from Tacoma, so we call it Seattle. And um, then uh, I'm also in a group with Kevin Wood, Andrew Wood's brother. Uh, Andrew Wood, the late Andrew Wood of Mother Love Bone. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin, totally missed that guy. Kevin Wood was in a band with Andrew, previous to Mother Love Bone, called Malfunction. Nice. And they're working on new material by Malfunction that actually is uh, Malfunction songs with 
original Andrew Wood lyrics. Wow. That no one's ever heard before. So that's a challenge. Yes. To say the least. <laughs> a little pressure. Um, probably uh, probably a kiss of death for me. However, it's it's fun. Good challenge, though. Yes. And um, I'm also in a group uh, with uh, Michael Wilton from Queensryche. I'm... Uh, collaborating with him and doing lead vocals for a band called Ratchet Head. And um, that has the uh, rhythm section in that band is uh, a North Seattle band called Drown Mary. And uh, they're the, one, the bassist, the guitarist, and the drummer are doing the rhythm section from that. And then I'm also the uh, lead singer for the Seattle Alice in Chains tribute band called Jar of Flies. Nice. <laughs> so, amongst uh, those five projects, I uh, I don't sleep much. <laughs> uh, fortunately, Jar of Flies, there's no creative process involved. Um, with uh, it's just that when we do those shows, it has to be exactly like the album. If you're gonna do any type of homage to Alice in Chains, no less. In Seattle, no less. You better do it right. So you really have to get your ego out of the way and tell the story of the songs the way the stories were told in the songs. And it's not about us. It's about the fans of Alice in Chains. And it, we don't try to look like them and we don't try to act like them. We just really try to give the best representation of what they put on wax is the best way that we can do it. And if it doesn't sound like the albums, then we just won't do it. Some of the songs we won't do because we can't duplicate the way that it's done. What would those songs be? Um, well, one, there's like four guitar parts and um, What the Hell Have I? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's a really difficult one. Um, we don't do uh, Am I Inside because it's got a piano aspect to it. It's just, it's just logistically, it's just too difficult to get all that. I'm sure I could learn the piano parts considering I play piano. But it's, it's just, uh, you know... <laughs> We're we're a tribute band, so let's let's not take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, like you know, glorified karaoke is what you could call it. So we don't really take ourselves very seriously. We do it serious, but we don't take ourselves serious. So that doesn't require very much uh, creative process. The malfunction stuff. Again, also, fortunately, since it has Andrew Wood's lyrics, I don't have to really come up with anything else or try to be like Andrew or anything like that. But I really, uh, I think the only thing is grabbing the, the spirit of what Kevin wants mm -hmm. for the song. So that, but that's, that's still, it's pretty easy. Um, my original stuff, I find easy because that's what I want to say. So the creative aspect of that is something that, I keep bleeding all the time. Um, with Clover Jane and with uh, Ratchet Head, though, those are really challenging uh, creative outlets. and that, So I get really challenged with those. The Clover Jane is very straight-up rock and roll, Motley Crue with an IQ type, straight-up, you know. Now, that's your latest joining, isn't That's that? the latest joining, yes. And it's just high RPM, high how, and how did that? How did that come about? Well, their uh, their former they 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 had worked worked you know the the town for about a year and stuff and gotten a lot of really good attention and some really good success and everything else and their singer at the time just uh, kind of wanted to go on other adventures and so they wished him well and um, 
you know, I, I, I told him, I said, you know, I think you guys are great. There's no way, reason why I should stop. And so, um, just we had a meeting and a tryout, if you could call it that. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, things just really took off. The chemistry worked. The, you know, the guys, the, the core group there is just really, really amazing. They're great people, great individuals, great guys. Um, and so that, that, that was really, that's been really fun because that's yeah. more just rock. You know, it's just right in your face. Whereas in my, my solo stuff's more blues, more laid back, more coffee shop type stuff. And then the ratchet head thing is uh, Michael Wood Queensryche, of course, you know, he's a monster. Yes. So it's going to be just, just, you know sadistically dark it's just gonna be awesome so it's just a real heavy monster that's right. exactly what you would call a ratchet head it's just real heavy well our guest is rainstone and let's listen to some rainstone right now here's a song called shame colored sunshine shame colored sunshine is coming up today a lifetime of sorrow is drowning in the rain and I don't get no answers when kneeling down to pray. All I get is silence, and all I feel is shame. So I just dream. Yeah, I just dream. To the Father, I come unto the Son. But where's the Holy Spirit when everything is wrong? All right, our guest today, Rain Stone. The name of that song is Shame Colored Sunshine. Now, Rain, uh, I'm just curious. I've read a, read a lot of reviews on you, your music, and your vocals and stuff. Does it bother you that you get a lot of the, uh, oh, he's a cross between Axl Rose and, you know, like Wood and some of these guys? Are you afraid of getting pigeonholed in that, or that's just who you are? Well, if I was afraid of it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it, I guess. Um, if I am... If that's a person's opinion, or if that's what they they want, then uh, you know, I, those are not bad guys to be compared to. Not at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> I uh, I can only do. I can only control what I do. I yeah. can only do what I what I do. Well, and, you do it very well. Rain, let let me ask you as far as pigeonholing goes, uh, especially in uh, that last uh, cut, "Shame Colors uh, Sunshine." Has anyone ever? Uh, Said that you've got a little touch of Liddy, uh, a little touch of uh, Willie Nelson in your vocals. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, that's um. Well, I, you know, if you if you want if you want Axl Rose, I mean, if you want yeah, if you want Axl Rose, it's a cross between Willie Nelson and you know one of the guys in the Partridge Family. <laughs> so you know that's 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 that. So yeah, totally. Um, you know, and and that's growing and evolving. The fortunate thing is I. A lot of people, I don't know if they, if they don't, people don't get it sometimes, but I change my vocal to fit the song. Right. If I want, I want that 
you know, Tom Waitsy feel, or if I want that Willie Nelson feel, or if I want a Johnny Cash feel, or if I want, you know, just a straight up rock and feel, then I'll change my vocal styling to fit the song. It's not about me. It's about the song. So it has to, you have to fit as in just like how a guitarist will have a different tone for a different song or a drummer will tune his drums to a different tuning for a different song or a bass tone. Um, you know, a lot of singers, they just sing and they've got two gears, floorboard and stop. And I feel like that you should, you know, adjust your vocal styling and how that you want to, you know, approach a song because the song is what lasts forever, not the musician. You're right. And, and yeah, that's definitely a uh, a uh, keynote for a lot of the the great singers is their ability to interpret, and uh, that's what I definitely see in a lot of your music. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah, I it. think you do a great job with your interpretation of the music, and and the the the, the range and the stylings uh, that you that you tackle, and and accomplish that. That's the amazing thing. A lot of guys attempt it, and it doesn't work. You, I've noticed you. You hit it, you nail it, and then you say, here it is, and it's always good. Well, a lot of that's luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go into another song. Our guest, Rainstone, of course. This is a song titled Die Today. Time, but time ain't on my side, and death is knocking on my door, so here's my last goodbye. Tell me why. That's uh, touching my roots right there. Died today, Rainstone. Now you're a Southern boy, right? Uh, that's right. I'm I was born in born in Kingsport, Tennessee, and was raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Hot Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, nothing wrong with them Southern boys. I happen to be one myself. And what brought you to the Northwest? Uh, how'd you get here? How long you been here? Chased a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Likely story. Just, just like a, any good old Southern man would do. Yes, I've been there. Chased a woman. And I came up here in 2000. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I'd felt um, the music scene in Atlanta was changing so rapidly at the end of the 90s. It was really becoming a mecca for R&B and hip-hop. And I really, I really enjoyed that aspect and the relationships that I had cultivated through that. But I just felt like I needed something more. Couldn't afford to live in New York. Couldn't afford to live in L.A. Um, and the woman I was chasing had infrastructure here in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Now, at 2000, the music scene here was horrible. And there was nothing going on. A lot of people, oh, did you come up here because of the grunge thing? No, I came up here because there wasn't a scene. Yeah, you came and after I was that. wanting a place to go to where there wasn't much going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, We were in a bit of a lull then. Yeah, yeah. We really and were. I uh, really wanted to kind of take some of that dark attitude from what was coming on in the in the rock arena from Atlanta. I mean, Seven Dust was starting to come up mm -hmm. and some of the other bands. So I was kind of wanting to get some of that going on. 
and um, that was really one of the one of the deciding factors. It was like you know it's either you know, I want to go west, but uh, I just didn't, didn't know where. Just didn't want so to go. We to had LA. infrastructure here. Well, well, we had infrastructure here. Yeah, well, that's good. Other you gotta than have that. that, and we had a baby on the way. And <laughs> that, that'll that yeah, always so. dictate, dictates yeah. a few things. Right. <laughs> well, I want to ask you about your uh, you're a marketing genius, my man. I, I talked to Rain <laughs> on the phone, and we were talking about maybe putting a show together, and he brought up stuff that you know I hadn't thought about. I mean, you got a really sharp mind, my man, and uh, your shirts, and you have a, a page on uh, uh, Facebook. Who the fuck? is rain stone now how do we come up with that <laughs> you can thank keith richards um, when the falling out between mick jagger and keith richards was going on uh there was a great classic photograph of keith richards wearing a t-shirt that says who the fuck is mick jagger <laughs> and um so stole it. one night one night um we're me and my guitarist we were heading out to a show and I, I like to try to look uh, professional when we do shows. So, um, not to be uh, uh, a metrosexual or anything, but I really didn't like the jeans I was wearing. And he said, well, they, you know, they cover your prick, don't they? So, and I said, well, yeah, but, you know, I want to be presentable. And he goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a T-shirt that says, you know, who the fuck is Rainstone? And it was like a light bulb. Nice. And I was like, and then he brought up the Keith Richards incident. So that was the light bulb that went on in my head. And I was like, you know what? I bet people would, would wear that. And so I passed it around, you know, come with a couple of core fans. And they were like, if you had a shirt like that, you, what, you bet I'd buy one. So... I didn't know how to make. I didn't know how to get uh, the capital together to to do that. But fortunately, on Reverb Nation, which I have a page, Reverb Nation Rainstone or Reverb Nation, um, they have a thing to where they can they'll you know no no money up front and they make them on demand and oh, they nice. just take a percentage of the of the sale. See, of the shirt. smart guy right here. So that way I can at least get them online, and that way I don't have to deal with overhead. It's just an online transaction. Um, they're good quality too, uh, so I didn't have to be concerned with you know uh, selling a a poor product. Right. And uh, the one thing with marketing though is you can't outthink yourself. So sometimes you got to sit back and just let things take course. You can't you can't force it through. Joe. Yeah, Rain. I, I wanted to go back to uh, your uh, multiple projects and uh, besides your role artistically and musically in each of your projects. Do you find that being involved in that many projects that you also develop a role, maybe that in uh, one project you're the mediator and one project you're the diplomat and one project you're the business agent? Do those type of roles change? No, not really. I've been very, very fortunate to have worked with some pretty high caliber, high class guys who know what they're doing. Um, you know, we take a very professional approach and everybody comes in and does their job. Um, I don't want, I know I use the word job lightly because it's fun and you couldn't say it's work by any means. But, um, I, uh, when I started doing my solo project, it was really about pushing the brand of Rainstone and trying to get my name out there. I had been in rock bands and metal bands for years, and either the bands broke up or things didn't work out. And I said, "Well, you know what? I can't break up with myself." So, <laughs> if, uh, you know, so if I uh, 
if I just really try to, you know, uh, supply some infrastructure to the small business of Rainstone and at least get my, myself a job in the industry, uh, if it's a songwriter or a producer or whatever it may be, then, you know, that's really what I want to do. I want a, I want a career in music. And so that's like, well, what's stopping me from getting involved in as much music as I want? If I want a career in music, then why don't I, you know, why don't you just create yourself an, a, a niche? So that's what I was doing. And, you know, if, if someone, you know, I'm good for ideas, so you know, they'll, they'll bounce things off of me. But, you know, I, I, it's just because, you know, I, put, I have T-shirts and I, and I push myself and I promote myself and everything else. You, know, you, have to, you always have to remember it's not about you. It's it's really about your bosses out there, and they're the ones who buy your product. They buy your music. They buy your T-shirts, and they're the boss. The fans. The fans. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's really about them. You can't take yourself too seriously, and you can't take anything personal. You got to keep it all realistic and understand that there's no bad decisions, just different outcomes. Well, let's yeah, kick, that, that, that's a great attitude to have, definitely. Let's kick it up a notch and listen to another song. This is Rainstone. Bring the revolution. Bring the Revolution, Rain Stone, our guest. I want to remind everybody that on May 15th, you can see Rain in action with the Jar of Flies at the Jet in Mill Creek. That's 21 and up. And the music goes on at 10, right, bro? And uh, 10 bucks at the door. That's it. And that was, uh, I was going to say that's great. Uh uh, cut there, and uh, I'd like to officially say that since I'm doing a call-in, that's the kind of stuff I want to hear while I'm on hold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's much better than Muzak. I can, yeah. I'll give you that. But, uh, Rain, I want to ask you real quick before we uh, we close this out. You've, like you said, you've played with a lot of uh, a lot of great people and met a lot of nice, you know, a lot of good people in the music business. What was the moment for you if you can pin it down to one where you just had to pinch yourself, I can't believe this is happening. Um, whether it be, you know, the first moment where the crowd is screaming and and you know you're sweating and you're leaning over and and they're they're in your pocket, or somebody you met in the music business where you were like, I can't believe I'm actually you know holding an this guy's holding audience and I'm in it. What what was that moment for you? Well, not to be disappointing, but either that moment has yet to come or because I'm really a person who tries to live in the moment. Mm -hmm. So when things do happen, you just accept them for what they are 
and embrace that and cherish that. I mean, if you want to talk about a pinch me moment, talk about uh, holding my son for the first time. Yeah, that's a pinch. That's a pinch me moment. You talk about you know the entertainment industry. <laughs> And everybody is the same, mm-hmm. you know. The the fans are the people that put us up on the pedestal. Uh, so, you know, if I'm working with Michael Weldon, I I know where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. If I'm working with Kevin Wood, I know where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. If I'm talking with you know Lane Stain's mother Na- mother Nancy, I know where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. So really, just absorb those moments. So many people they build up a moment with expectations, and then they're let down if they're not what they thought they would be, or they uh, give m- more credence to what it should be, and just really just just live in the moment, accept the accept as par for the course is that something it's not I'm not poo-pooing in it at all but um, that's that's what if this is what you want to do then it's all just part of the part of the fun yeah well and I noticed you didn't say it was coming on the Northwest Conversion Zone show <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. right man if I had been more witty I would have <laughs> our man Rain Stone Rain thanks so much for joining us and everybody uh, check out Rain Stone on MySpace he's on Facebook uh, he's with five bands he's going to be uh, performing with Jar of Flies on the 15th of May at the Jet in Mill Creek uh, you guys run out and see him he's with Clover Jane he's all over the place he's a big star Star. We appreciate you coming in. Yeah, Rain. appreciate it, Rain. It's and, been a uh, pleasure. To, Thank you. Appreciate it. I hope to you. Uh, catch you at a show and meet you in the future. You bet. And that's Rain, R-A-N-E. That's correct. R-A-N-E Stone. Thank you. We want to thank Rain for coming in. That was really nice of him to drop by. And uh, best of luck with the Clover Jane and all the stuff he's got going. Go out and check him out. He's a special guy. has some killer uh, vocals and a talented musician and a sharp businessman. Yeah, Rain. Very good guy and uh, really nice how he uh, credits uh, the fans for a lot of his success and uh, that's what he uh, seems to be about. Very cool. Yeah, he's a humble guy, which, uh, I, you know, uh, that's very cool. And sometimes, you know, you, you meet these guys and they have big heads and everything. Completely the opposite. Rainstone grounded on the uh, on on the floor and the earth and just a really nice nice guy not not at the convergence zone though everybody's cool the only one with the big head is just me and that's just because my head is big all right <laughs> it's physically big <laughs> let's go into this week in music history now here's a doctor of rock himself big joe with this week in music history Oh, yeah, that's some good stuff. I'm, uh, Double D, put that to... down. What? Double D's, like, firing something up over here. I don't like that. Oh, okay. I I was just going to the rum lounge myself at uh, Stone Gate. <laughs> well, on May 11th, 1981, uh, reggae legend Bob Marley dies. And this surprised me, at least from my source. Um, everybody always says it was brain cancer, which uh, that's bad enough. But it was lung cancer and a brain tumor, so wow. I guess that's a lot worse, really, but uh, age 36, uh, way before his time. Yes. Uh, in 1990, the 6th of February, his birthday is made a Jamaican national holiday. Now, could you imagine that day <laughs> in Jamaica? You think Cinco de Mayo is great? 
Yeah. Bob Marley's uh, birthday and everything going on in Jamaica, holy smokes. That would be a good time in Jamaica. And uh, the 1984 compilation album, Legend, is the best-selling reggae album of all time with sales of more than 20 million records. It will never be touched. Yep, for sure. Uh, so, uh, no reggae album will ever touch that. Yep, so uh, rest in peace, Bob. I miss Bob. I love Bob's music. I never got to see Bob Marley live. I wish I had. And uh, yeah, rest in peace, Mr. Marley. All right, uh, our last guest. And uh, you know what can what what can you say about these guys? These guys are amazing. They have amazing fans. They've got an amazing history, and uh, they got hooked up with uh, KJR, the sports station, became their house band. Boys from Olympia, Mom's Rocket. We were really glad to have them in the studio with us. Here's how that sounded. All right, everybody, a special guest on this day that we are actually recording this, which is Mother's Day, and why wouldn't we have these guys on? It's the uh, Seminole Band from Olympia. Huge following, these guys. Got a big following. A lot of people digging their sound. They're also the house band on uh, KJR. I'm talking about Mom's Rocket. We have Tom, Randy, and Jason in the cave today. How are you guys doing? Good. Great. Fantastic. Good. It's good to have you guys on the show. And uh, tell us about Mom's Rocket. How how did you guys how'd you guys get together and how long you've been been rocking the I five corridor? Who wants to go on that one? <laughs> I got well, nothing. Better be Randy. Well, you know, we uh, the guitar player uh, Jason Celestine and myself just started jamming together. We actually played with another drummer down in Olympia one day and they were trying me out as a vocalist and um it, it, things didn't click really well together, but me and Jason kind of looked at each other and said, "Hey, you know, we can, we could do some stuff here. We could write some great songs." So, we started kind of getting that click rolling, and uh, then we brought in uh, Jeff Meshke, was our original drummer, who came down and started tapping for us, and uh, um, then we got a hold of Randy. We were like, "Well, we need a bass player. What's what's Randy doing?" Because that was Jason's <laughs> old bass player from the band Cypress, which has a pretty big history here in the Northwest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Jason says, well, he's, he's playing bass in the church band. And I'm like, well, we've got to put a stop to that. <laughs> Time to corrupt that boy again. So, so yeah, we brought him down and um, we started doing what was like kind of an acoustic thing at first. So what, what, how long, what year or how long ago were we talking on this? Uh, about four and a half years ago. Okay. 2005, yeah. 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 And yeah, a lot they, of they said, uh, "Don't worry, man. We don't know any songs. All acoustic. You know, just it's boys' night out, man. Just show up on Tuesdays. That's it." <laughs> and little did you yeah. know, <laughs> they had a plan. <laughs> yeah, I think they did have a plan. Well, a lot of big things have happened for you guys since then. <laughs> Tell us about the whole KJR thing. How'd you become the uh, house band for KJR? I look at your MySpace page, and you guys are all over uh, with pictures of you and Holmgren, and you got some of the Seahawks in there, and you guys Gras and Gas, and all. All those guys down at KJR. How'd that whole thing come about? Well, I listen to sports radio. I mean, it's kind of a sports nut. And I just heard there was a contest, and we had entered it once before. And so when I mentioned it to the guys, they're like, yeah, pff, forget that. <laughs> so I entered this anyway. <laughs> so I, I just said, oh, what the heck, I'll send it up there. And it's like, hey, guys, uh, we did get selected to do the playoff thing. And I'm like, okay. So we went up there and played. And the funny thing was right... Uh, Right before we were supposed to load our gear on stage, <laughs> I locked the keys in the van. <laughs> and all the gear. And right. all the gear. So you did it, So did you go up and do an acapella set? Is that no. how it worked? <laughs> so it's, uh, 
Hey guys, we got to load in. So I smashed the window out of the van. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. wow. That's a great story. All right, yeah. well, let's listen to a little bit of Mom's Rocket. This is a song titled "Fists Full of Love." the name of the song our guest today of course mom's rocket and i noticed you guys were just on uh what was it the uh, bob Rivers show how'd that go for you oh that was a blast <laughs> yeah was Crazy. that like a, was that like almost a dream come true to go oh, in yeah. there and uh get to rock out on the big uh the big radio station yeah it was a dream come true and a nerve-wracking nightmare all meshed into one <laughs> i don't think i've ever seen him so fucking nervous ever I mean, oh my he was god just a, a wreck and how did that come about did you submit a cd to uh to the river show or just jason did it well um i listen to them every morning they're my uh heroin uh so every morning i listen <laughs> they were um <clears throat> they always talked about having bands on there i'm like man we got to get on there so tom and i actually went up and uh, we were just backstage uh past guests you know just kind of hung out and mm -hmm. the cool thing that day jeff tate was in the studio nice. so uh, that's one of tom's most oh, favorite man. singers yeah was that a great moment oh my god yeah <laughs> i felt like a 15 year old again yeah. oh right on uh, you know he's got his back to us and i'm, I'm looking at jason I'm like, that's him <laughs> <laughs> he's right there in the next room yeah yeah <laughs> a wet stain in his uh, shorts that day. But, uh, so the cool thing was because, um, you know, we've been interacting with them quite a bit and I always send them text messages, you know, on their deals saying, hey, you know, how about the mom's rocket disc and kind of got things going that way. And uh, so we went up there and they wanted us to switch days and said, well, we could probably get you guys to come play live if you can switch days. Well, we couldn't do that. And then uh, apparently they played a bunch of music one day, uh, five different bands. And Bob actually said, yeah, I like these guys. I like those guys. And we were one they liked. Um, and Luciana said, yeah, well, two of those guys have already been here, you know, backstage past <laughs> guests. And uh, so they invited us to come up and play. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was uh, it was a great yeah, time. They treated us like rock stars. And then <clears throat> they opened the studio doors and says, okay, you got six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and we had to scurry in, plug in, and, you know, and they're Do like, your thing. okay, you're, you're live. Oh, yeah. be quiet. We're on here. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. And was there like a sound? I've heard no. of, there's no sound check. No. It's like no. plug oh, in, yeah, no, it was, go, yeah, and out. It was, yeah. you know. And the nerve-wracking part was it was it was all taking place at 9:30 in the morning. Yeah. yeah. So now here you are having to belt out hard <laughs> rock tunes. You know, <laughs> an hour and a half after you woke up, I'm out in their studio yelling and screaming. All these people are looking at me like I'm some kind of freak. You know. It was, <laughs> it was, it, yeah, it was crazy. It, it was a good time though. They, they, those guys treated us like gold. They were yeah. really class act. That's yeah. good. Yeah, Joe? Great. Hey, I want to ask you guys, you've got a very creative uh, 
innovative name, and uh, I'd probably have to explain it to my mom. And uh, I was wondering if that's a little bit of a nod to uh, Steely Dan. Aye. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was my guess. I was wondering if that, <laughs> there was a little bit of that going on. Um, all right. Well, I wanted to ask you guys about your fans. You guys on Facebook, I noticed that you guys have some rabid fans, and you uh, seems like, you know, in in the in the time that you guys have been playing, uh, you've gathered quite a uh, a throng that supports you. Do you guys feel that from them? Is that something you guys feed off of? Did you guys, did you guys like try to gather that in, or is that just uh, something that took off on its? own thing we've worked pretty hard to 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 get a following um, well, but at the same time it just sort of happened right I, I'd say almost the, the less we try the more cool stuff happens to us in, in a weird kind of way that's um, not bad no that's yeah. a good thing that's yeah. a good thing I mean my computer went down one one time I was kind of the computer jockey before and so I was without a computer for a couple weeks and in that time period we we got all this cool stuff going on and all these it's like wow you know I, I guess let's I break that thing again <laughs> yeah. give me a rock you guys have a play, uh, favorite uh, venue to play What's a favorite place for you guys I'd say to say Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen, yeah. You guys like the, the yeah. crowd down there is good to you? Oh, they're awesome. Yeah, oh, I like yeah. the Camel Toe, personally. The Camel Toe That was cool. a great club. That's a new yeah. place out there in, uh, what, Spanaway? Yeah. The 140th, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. great. Uh, great that was ounces. the place where we rolled up. I get out of the car. The parking lot's just packed. And I'm standing outside BSing with some of my friends. And I look over, and there's this kid getting the shit kicked out oh, of him yeah. <laughs> by, by the security people. And, and I'm, I'm looking around at all my buddies. I'm like, hey, this is our kind of place, man. This is going to be pretty cool. <laughs> Did it look like Wonder Boy over there? <laughs> it could have been. I think it was him. All right, let's go into another song by Mom's Rocket. This is titled Broken. song and of course mom's rockets in the house with us now you guys have a, a fairly new cd out is that correct came out uh in, halloween yeah on halloween night and yep. what's the name of that cd v2 v2 that's a, and you know the artwork on there i'm really digging that uh, you guys have uh you guys have a really cool package around your band the artwork and uh just the whole vibe and stuff who's doing the artwork on the cds and stuff for you uh the last cd was done by mike savoya Mm -hmm. um, who's also the photographer for 
KISW. I think so, and he's done some Alice in Chains. He does stuff. his Alice in Chains. He, the guy is just phenomenal, amazing. Yeah. Speaking of Alice in Chains, just uh, listening to that song, Broken, uh, I hear a little bit of that, uh, a little nod to Alice in Chains in there. What's uh, what are you guys' influence? Who who as individuals? I know you all bring something different into the creative process. Who are you as individuals uh, getting your inspiration from? Well, my favorite drummer of all time is Tommy Lee. He's coming up, it was uh, Motley Crue, Iron Maiden. Um, as of late, though, it's uh, I've been really getting into the new Alice in Chains CD. Mm -hmm. uh, man, I just love that. Uh, listen to a lot of Slipknot, and uh, I don't know if I'm embarrassed to say it, but I really like Sean Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with but, that. But uh, yeah, you know, just kind of that '80s. Uh, kind of thing going on for me um you know like i said motley crew was probably my favorite band ever and tommy lee's just uh you know you could be his twin if you had longer hair i've heard that that and dave, <laughs> dave grohl you know, yeah a little bit really of that thought too. i was dave grohl sometimes and i'm like no i'm really not should have just guy. signed that autograph yeah. i should have yeah, that's you know, me that's me that that'll be three hundred dollars yeah. yeah why don't you come over here i got something for you yeah <laughs> and randy who are you listening to so uh I wouldn't be playing music that wasn't for ACDC. All I right. Was, fell in yeah. love with ACDC, you know, Bon Scott era. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> and uh, and for bass, it's, you know, I went from there to Rush. And, and then uh, one of the biggest influences, I suppose, is John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. Of course. Yes. And Geezer, you know, I, I love Geezer. <laughs> Some Sabbath. So, you know, old school bass players. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know and I, I uh, and when I lived up in Seattle, I went to a few clinics with Stu Hamm. You know, wow. it's just phenomenal, yeah. and and I sat down for a while. And when I was in Cyprus, we were a little more progressive, and I, I, I worked really hard for a while. And then I thought, you know what? I don't really want to be this good. <laughs> I love ACDC. <laughs> I want to rock out, man. I want to. I just want to have fun. And, and, uh, <clears throat> so that's kind of what I'm doing now. Oh, great, Tom. I, uh, uh, you know, I could sit here for a half an hour telling you influences, but. Um, you know, I sang for a long time without voice lessons. Neil Diamond. And then I went and got voice lessons. And I, I took voice lessons from uh, Maestro David Kyle up in Seattle. And uh, that was a place that Lane Staley had been. Mm -hmm. um, Jeff Tate was a big influence on me. Rob Halford. Um, and then, of course, you know, there's the dirtier singers like Bon Scott. Um, uh God, the list just goes on forever. Ozzy Osbourne's another one that I really dig. Um, guys that are great at, at painting vocal pictures for you, you know. Well, it's great because I, I noticed just in the collaboration and when you come out with your own tunes, there's a lot of everybody you've said, yet you have your own brand of sort of in-your-face, uh, great-sounding, just, you know, hard rock that you, you just want to, you know, pump your fist to. And there's some of that uh, homage back to the 80s bands. And then there's some of that 90s sort of Seattle sound going on. And then you got the, the Mom's Rocket sound that you guys have uh, successfully put together. Joe? Yeah, Big D keeps uh, referring to uh, your guys' connection to KGR, and as a Seattle lifer, I gotta remind him that uh, the uh, KGR that you're talking about is Sports Radio 950. There uh, has been another KGR in the past. Uh, it oh, yeah. wasn't always Sports Radio, but it is cool that you guys have that connection. I wanted to ask you. I didn't think anybody could be a bigger Seattle sports homer than I am, <laughs> and uh, your parody songs are great. And uh, I want to ask you how you guys developed 
those and uh, brought those in, uh, Seahawk Stomp and uh, Breaking the Lease, and <laughs> and especially the 12 Days of Christmas, which, uh, speaking of uh, uh, getting somebody from the uh, the church band, it sounds like you guys might have had a little uh, choir practice in that. <laughs> yeah, you know, Tom did that in about one take. <clears throat> really? Yeah, I think he had to stop oh. in the middle to breathe. But, what a maestro. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, I, yeah, I think Gas wrote most of those lyrics. Oh, uh, really? Guy. Not not all of them. I wrote the whole song out. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a lot of the lyrics. And, and uh, well, mine, Breaking the Lease, that was, uh, John Danmeyer had a big hand yeah, in that. Yeah, John Danmeyer did. That's our producer, John Danmeyer, is who we should not go without mentioning because he is officially the fifth rocket. There you go. He He's an awesome guy, and he helped out a lot on those twisted tunes. And uh, I don't know if you guys heard the Hooshman Zada song. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. But that was, Randy came yeah. up with those lyrics, and... Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Those twisted tunes are a blast. So it's been a good connection with sports radio, and uh, you enjoy the the whole Seattle sports scene. Oh yeah, they're awesome, and you know, it really, the first year we were the sports radio band, the, the whole scene just plummeted, and and uh, the twelve days of Christmas I had was kind of a little more on the negative side. I think they gave us another shot and, uh, you know, it's been a little bit better and they've just treated us like rock stars and they've right. been, well, it so can't help the exposure, us. right? As a brand. Right? I mean, that's yeah. like, that's like total free advertising. Oh yeah. That's free airplay. That's an amazing opportunity for oh, you guys. We did that Red Hook uh, preseason party, I think last year when Red Hook was given uh, free beer and pizza to everyone who came. That looked oh, like right. a good time. Oh, yeah. well, then they, they yeah, you know, they blast. got shut down by the liquor control board and so <laughs> two weeks before the event they quit advertising like, oh, great you know but we had a good time there was a ton of people there and yeah because when you say anybody wonder boy shows up at the door and he's not 21 yeah. <laughs> all right so, well, besides, so besides meeting uh you know your rock idols how about now with your uh sports radio connection and being sports fans in seattle what about uh some of your sports idols that you've had a chance to meet oh man oh uh, we met a lot time yeah well uh what last year uh you know, Tom has a Walter Jones jersey, and Walt. I saw that. That was yeah, great. That's awesome. Yeah. You don't see the lead singer wearing a lineman jersey very often. <laughs> hey, you know, and I, I knew it when I wore that thing there. Uh, I didn't expect him to be there, but then Walter Jones shows up, and I, I walk over to the side of the podium when he's getting off. I'm like, hey, Walter, and I'm waving the jersey at him. Will you sign my jersey, man? So I got a signed uh, Walter Jones jersey now. It's it hangs up in my closet and doesn't get worn. Yeah. Well, that's Hall of Fame material right there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but, you know, the coolest thing for me was getting to hang out with the Seattle Mist. <laughs> I saw those pictures. Like, oh, oh, there were quite a few of those. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, well, he's not done focusing yet. I just got to hang here for a little while longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I blinked. Can you do yeah, that again? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I want to tell you about some shows that are coming up for Mom's Rocket on June 12th. They've got a double header. They're going to be here in Tacoma at Hell's Kitchen. And then later that night, what did you say, midnight? They're mm-hmm. going to be at the Stiff, which is uh, the, the film festival up in Seattle and uh, that's at the rendezvous at the jewel box theater at the rendezvous at yeah that's a great place right there um, also on June 25th they have an all-ages show at the uh, Capitol Theater in Olympia yeah and uh, so everybody you have a chance to get out and see mom's rocket uh, they, they really bring it it's always a good crowd it's always a fun time let's go into another song by these guys this is a song titled places I'd never go Hard as hell, city folk didn't fare so well. 
The name of the song is Places I Never Go, and I'm glad one of those was that was not mentioned was the Northwest Convergence Song. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, you know, maybe it's related to my uh, back spasms, but I keep finding my right arm spontaneously going up and throwing rock horns on every song. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, that's great. One last one I got to ask. All right, guys. In the future, when you're uber huge, <laughs> how does your episode of VH1's Behind the Music end? <laughs> uh, for me personally, probably in a pool like Chris Holmes drinking way too much vodka with my mom sitting there watching. I was kind of, I was kind of envisioning me wheeling Jason down the hallway of celebrity rehab you know? <laughs> because of too much vodka. Yes, that's yeah, nah, I, I got to have some kind of massage thing going oh, on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, great mom, answer. Yeah, Mom's Rocket, great guys. Uh, Tom, Randy, Jason, we want to thank you guys so much for coming in. Thanks for and, having us. And uh, everybody yeah, go out, check them out June 12th at Hell's Kitchen, and then up in Seattle at the Jewel Box. Also, the 25th of June, All Ages Show, Capitol Theater in Olympia. We're going to be there for one of those for sure. Guys, thanks so much. Thank, thank you. you very much. Awesome. All right, we want to thank the boys from Mom's Rocket for being in here. Big show, folks. Ed Rubin, we want to thank him. We want to thank Rainstone, and, of course, we want to thank Mom's Rocket, all those guys. It was a... Uh, it's a lot of fun, man. I love I love doing this show, and it's always great to uh, meet these guys who are out there, the road warriors who are uh, working hard. Get out there and support these guys, whether it be comedy, whether it be your local band. There's a scene around you, and a lot of people are going out. And just, you know, you work hard during the week. These guys work hard on the weekend to make your weekend fun. Go enjoy it. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of up-and-coming bands that are, there is a music scene definitely happen, get happening, get out there and enjoy it. And we certainly are, and we're lucky to have all these folks coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, so hey, Big Joe, uh, I know you won't be here next week. I hope you have a great vacation. I will. Thanks a lot. Yep, this is Big D. This is Double D. And you've been listening to the Northwest Convergence Zone show. Where all things come together. Let's get out of here with the bad boys from Olympia. This is Mom's Rocket.
This has been a production of the Northwest Convergence Zone. Email us at nwconvergencezone at gmail.com.